listening to Phenomenology Club Radio. Hello and thank you for listening to this audio podcast. I am Buttress, the host of Phenomenology Club, which is an interactive online community of artists and thinkers centered around this content that I create and curate online for us to talk about which is why both our tagline for Phenomenology Club and the subtitle for this discussion series is Talk About It. Most of these uploads are originally streamed live on our YouTube page. If you're interested in interacting with those as they happen live, please go subscribe and turn on the notifications at youtube.com slash phenomenologyclub. And in general, to learn more about our club, what we do, and how you can become a member for only $1 a month, please visit our website at www.phenomenology.club. Thank you for listening. Stay trippy. Hello and welcome back to Talk About It, the official podcast series of Phenomenology Club. I'm Buttress, half gay bitch from New Jersey. Am I like live? Because if someone's here, please say something. Because for some reason today, I don't know if YouTube is doing maintenance or what, but the usual way I go live is not how I went live today. I clicked different types of buttons and a different type of sequence, and now presumably I am live. But I would like some confirmation. If anyone's listening, please say something i'll put it out to the chat (laughs) i'll I'll put it out to the discord club discord club am i live can someone click this tell me if i'm live god i would hate if i'm not because then because then i would have to do this all over again um oh you're from patterson of course i've been there i used to live in Halden. Uh, briefly. So, we were neighbors. Oh, great. I'm live. Okay. Hello, New Jer- my fellow New Jerseyan. Greetings from Patterson. I mean, greetings to Patterson. How's Patterson doing with COVID? Everything chill? Trains running and shit? Is life busy down there? I know that Patterson's kind of densely populated, so I imagine it's kind of annoying dealing with COVID. Great. I'm live. Thank you so much. Thank you. You know, I was just thinking as I was putting it out to the world, am I here that this phenomena is kind of relevant to what I'm here to talk about? This feeling of not being able to confirm or deny whether or not there's anything outside of myself. I feel conscious of myself in an external world, but does it exist? Anyway, consciousness. Would it be like, let's talk about it. I was, well... I'm here five days after my last upload because I'm trying to be more of a person of my word. And the word I gave not long ago was that I would upload every five to seven days. It's been five days. So here I am trying to be a person of my word. And words are very, very important, especially to someone like myself. Anybody who listens to this podcast knows that I find words to be of the utmost importance because words really constitute everything I believe. What are all of my beliefs constituted of if not words? And what separates me 
from all the non-human animals, if not my words. Everything I'm embroiled in as a human animal has to do with words. Without words, there would be no civilized society. Without words, we wouldn't be doing shit. We certainly wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. So many words are necessary, were necessary, up until this moment in time where I can now transmit my voice over the internet to all of you with my words. Words, 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 words. So important and so underestimated. And this is a recurring theme on this channel, you know. My belief that we do not interrogate language, my brothers, my sisters, nearly enough. And this leads to all types of troubles. That's something we've also talked about a lot on this channel is how so many arguments become redundant, become futile, futile feeling, partially because we never just want to sit down and think about our words and thinking about whether or not we even are agreeing with the terms and the definitions of the words we're using to argue. And this, I think, is especially, especially relevant to this question of consciousness and why I said on Twitter when I posted the link to this live discussion that I find this conversation personally incredibly irritating and I'm sure many of you can relate because how many times do we get into conversations about consciousness and we find quickly that people have their own personal definition of what they mean when they say the word consciousness and it seems like most of our definitions are either in conflict with each other's or simply not defined at all. And this obviously doesn't work, right? Because language is only useful insofar as we are agreeing with the terms. Language only works when we have words that are mutually understood. That's how we're all able to communicate to each other right now in English, right? I'm not communicating in any other language because there is, I don't understand any other language. And without this understanding, I can't communicate. The same will be true of any self-contained system of language such as English. This specific language we're using, if you don't know the meaning of a word, there will be no understanding. And we will likely fall into conflict or at least confusion. And I think that this term consciousness like I just said, you know, people have these drastically, drastically different definitions of what consciousness is, what they think it is. And we get into these conversations that go all over the fucking place simply because we have not sat down and agreed on a definition. And beyond this, a lot of times when we do sit down and try to agree on a definition, we have these people that are like, no. They just so firmly believe, no, consciousness is this. I'm going to call it this. I'm going to define it this way. We get into all these fucking fights about it, too, because it's almost become, or it is maybe at baseline, a spiritual concept. And this is problematic, right? Because how well can we all relate to a concept that 
differs so drastically between individuals because of their own super subjective, almost spiritual relationship with the word, you know. I mean, to even think of this word consciousness, to look at this Alex Gray painting in the thumbnail, I'm, I'm sure depending on what kind of a person you are, your mind already goes into all sorts of different directions. I'm going to think about the DMT elves. I'm going to think about ghosts. I'm going to think about Elon Musk's neural network. I'm going to think about artificial intelligence, blah, blah, blah. And the artificial intelligence arguments, especially as they relate to consciousness, really piss me off, okay? I think this is where I find the most frustration because this is where I feel like a lot of interesting work could be being done, but it's not being done. And I've said this many times before on our Phenomenology Club Discord, but I feel a deep sense of shame personally when I bear witness to these kinds of conversations, such as the ones being instigated by people like Elon Musk. I'm thinking of his first interview with Joe Rogan where he smoked the joint or whatever and was like basically, you know, insinuating that uh, artificial intelligence is going to gain sentience and blah, 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 blah. And like just like it's it's embarrassing. I'm deeply ashamed in many ways of our general time period I feel like I feel like if we all felt the sense of shame and this is something I talked about in the last upload too how I think that shame can actually become an important impetus for change I think if we all related to the sense of shame I have maybe we would be benefited because we would be forced to confront ourselves and our own stupidity I feel like when they look back on us a few centuries down the road when it comes to our ideas about consciousness and shit, they're going to group us with the Victorian thinkers or that general area era. I'm not a fucking history buff, but I think of like Frankenstein. What is this word? I just learned the word for uh, the, it's like the marriage of alchemy and electricity. That was like this theme that was dominating a lot of works of fictional literature around the time Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. There's a word for this. If someone could look it up, actually, if you're by a computer, please look it up for me. There's a word for this marriage of alchemy and electricity. And this was like the theme, you know, just like we have themes now. And one of these themes in our fictional movies, media, and even our real world conversations, such as ones instigated by Elon Musk and Joe Rogan, have to do with consciousness, have to do with artificial intelligence gaining consciousness. I find this to be such a silly fucking conversation because as far as I'm concerned, and I don't think I'll get into this a lot, maybe I will, we'll see where it goes, but as far as I'm concerned, artificial intelligence already exists. I don't even know how people are defining sentience. What is sentience? Self-awareness? What is that if not a qualitative thing, you know? What is self-awareness? Is it something that really exists, you know? A computer is autonomous already. It's committing functions on its own accord according to a set of strictly defined parameters, but so are we, you know? I cannot transcend the limits of my own physical boundaries. I am executing functions that are predicated on my biology, on my very physiology that I ultimately cannot transcend, you know. But maybe some people would say that I can if I meditate enough and listen to 528 kilohertz binaural beats and take DMT and meet the elves and they'll tell me what to do. Have you guys met the DMT elves, by the way? Because I have. And they are not a talkative bunch. They didn't tell me shit. They showed me some shit. That was really nice of them. They didn't say shit. I don't even know if they could talk. I wanted to get close enough to punch one, but I couldn't reach. We were like floating in space or something. Fuck them. If you're listening, DMT elves, fuck you, bitch.
Don't fuck with me. Leave me alone. <laughs> Leave me and my family alone. Anyway, so, so, like I just said, you know, language is only useful insofar as what we can all agree on, you know. And I think that when it comes to a concept like consciousness, my brothers, my sisters, it is our responsibility to come up with a working definition that we can all access and use. And whether or not you personally believe that there is more to it or something, which is fine, that's your right. Whether or not you want to have any sort of personal spiritual beliefs about consciousness. And I, when I die, I'm going to go be a Boltzmann brain or whatever the fuck you think is going to happen. You go live in the Alex Gray painting afterlife, whatever the fuck. Whether or not you believe these things, that's fine. But I think that even you, it is your responsibility too to only be using a definition of consciousness we can all relate to, right? So let's try to talk about it. What is it? But actually, before we do that, one of the problems I think we're talking about consciousness is found in the very question, what is it? Something else we talk about a lot in this channel is E-prime language, the form of the English language that omits all versions of the verb to be, including is. And I think that the usefulness of such a language is really obvious when it comes to a question like consciousness you know because maybe the question itself what is consciousness is fallacious from baseline you know perhaps consciousness is nothing except a feeling and this is actually an argument that has been made by other philosophers i don't know why i said other many philosophers and an argument that I think is coming more and more into prominence. More and more I see people putting forward these kinds of ideas, you know, which does represent a bit of a shift uh, in the philosophical literature, you know, because historically uh, consciousness is treated, according to certain thinkers, almost as a quantitative property of existence. It is its own thing with its own specific boundaries. But I think more and more, and this is something I, I absolutely approve of, I think more and more it's being described more as a qualitative thing. And I was, I was actually pleased to open up Merriam-Webster today before I came in here, typed in consciousness, and I was pleased with the definition that I saw there. So let me read it to you real quick. <laughs> My ranger. I'm still waiting for an E-prime version of a Max session. <laughs> that probably sounds like math to anyone not in our Discord server. In our Discord server, uh, a few times we will go into... A state of e-prime emergency especially in moments of conflict when people are fighting in our discord server i will initiate e-prime <laughs> the e-prime emergency protocol where people can only speak in e-prime until the conflict is resolved because you find quickly when you stop using this verb to be is you find that people's statements come to feel more 
representative of what they're feeling rather than people speaking assertively, you know, which I think is much more is a much more rational approach to speaking, period. You know, at the example I've given many times before, the apple is green or the apple looks green. You know, I think the apple looks green is actually a much more rational way to make the statement. I think that trying to avoid statements that are too assertive about properties of objective quote-unquote reality i think that this, this is a much more rational approach to thinking period and it will, will greatly benefit you if you are somebody that wants to be more rational and wants to have a comprehensive worldview you know is the apple green i mean no not really the apple's green to me right we know that other animal species don't perceive colors in the same way we do we know that not all humans even perceive colors uh, entirely similarly to each other, though for the most part we do, you know. Similar enough that we can recognize where one color ends and another begins and generally agree on this anyway, you know. But the apple really isn't green, right? The apple only looks green. Color is a thing that is experienced, not a thing that necessarily exists. So to say the apple looks green, I think, is a much more rational statement. And this is the benefit of a thing like E-Prime. And it works great when it comes to things like conflict resolution, you know. And Mind Ranger just brought that up. We also have a, a channel you were talking about called Max, where we all become Max. We all delete our profile pictures and our name becomes Max. And it's it's our singularity simulation. And the singularity, let me tell you, members of Phenomenology Club can attest, the singularity is terrifying. We should be running fast as fuck in the opposite direction. I have seen the singularity and it is terrifying. <laughs> but anyway. Like I just said, I was very pleased when I pulled up the Merriam-Webster definition of consciousness. So let's look at it real quick. Consciousness. Consciousness. The hell, I can't hear it. Consciousness. 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 The quality or state of being aware, especially of something within oneself. <laughs> now, I can't say I necessarily approve of this especially clause. I think that sounds silly. And it seems like Miriam is trying to throw a bone to the fucking spiritualists. The hoo-boo-boo-boo -boo -boo people over here like, well, what about <laughs> the DMT elves people? Um, 1B, consciousness. The state or fact of being conscious of an external object, state, or fact. C, awareness. Now, you know, I have all types of mini gripes I can make with these uh, three definitions I've just read. But I think on the whole, I really appreciate something about them. And what I appreciate about them is that they seem to be representing this newer mode that we are coming into as a collective society, even though we are far from where we need to be. And this is why I'm deeply embarrassed of us and think that we're on some dumb Frankenstein shit and we're going to be laughed at in the centuries to come by all who follow from us, call us a bunch of idiots. But 
I appreciate that the descriptions of consciousness here speak to this property of consciousness being something that is qualitative or likely qualitative. And I think that if we are trying to come up with a definition of consciousness that is mutually agreeable, that we should gravitate to this sort of an attitude where we describe consciousness as a qualitative thing. Because whether or not you can say clearly with proof quote unquote, that consciousness is a quantitative thing, you know, and this is a popular idea put forth by many different types of people from all different fields of academics, whether or not this is true, what seems most likely true, an idea everyone can relate to for the time being until we come up with something else, because remember, we're trying to find something everyone can agree with. What seems most likely true is everyone can relate to this idea that consciousness is qualitative. Consciousness is the feeling of being conscious. Or as Merriam-Webster also says, the feeling of being aware. In this sense, consciousness will be qualitative. And this is an example that I've given many times before. Sorry to be redundant, but I have OCD and this is how I work through things on my own. So shit, follow me. But I draw an analogy to consciousness and to my hearing. People talk about consciousness as this thing that I can download maybe into some sort of a software program I can emulate it maybe I can even create some sort of a fucking Xerox copy of it some curse curse vial shit and uh, my consciousness can be some sort of singular entity inhabiting some sort of other machine or vehicle I give to it or something and you know I'm sure that you could probably maybe one day feasibly do something similar to this you know but would it be your consciousness and if it's not how does that transform these kinds of conversations because to think of consciousness as being something more akin to your hearing which I personally find to be much more rational simply because I have no reason to believe that it's anything more than this you know can I replicate my hearing what is my hearing my hearing is the way that I describe the fact that I experience the phenomena of being able to hear okay so when I say my hearing as if I possess it this sort of quantitative thing I possess my hearing is that really reflective of a reality or is that more poetic maybe and also just a consequence of our very structures of English language that allow for such statements to be made such concepts such as my hearing the way that this is phrased makes you think as if it's something I possess something quantitative my hearing but do I possess my hearing could I take my hearing out of myself and replicate it somewhere else in a vacuum Similarly to how people talk about my consciousness, maybe I could replicate my consciousness, put it in another vehicle. I'm sure I could simulate something similar to my hearing, right? And we know that this is true. There's all types of technology that has audio sensors and can respond to audio stimuli and also process it in real time and do all sorts of amazing things because we are amazing people that invent such amazing fucking things. But 
could I really replicate my hearing? Or does my hearing even really exist? No, it's just the way I describe my feeling of being able to hear. It's qualitative. And I believe that, again, whether or not my consciousness speaks to anything larger than this, what I know for certain is that I experience being conscious. And when I say my consciousness, I am describing this experience, this feeling of being conscious, right? So I'd like to know what you guys think. I think when we're having discussions about consciousness, we need to stop right here and not go any further until there's reason to, you know? to hypothesize about Boltzmann brains, the afterlife, this or that. That's all well and good, but where does that get us? These are all spiritual concepts that I can't really relate to, and I don't think you'll find an easy time getting others to relate to them either, you know? I understand a lot of the underlying concepts. I understand why people become incredibly inquisitive here and in all and want to talk about the fucking singularity and Alex Gray paintings and DMT elves and go and whatever the fuck I understand all of that but in the interest of being rational I think that if we want to use a mutually agreeable definition then this is satisfactory to me consciousness is the feeling of being conscious just like hearing is the feeling of being able to hear so my hearing my consciousness are really not quantitative concepts even though they appear that way they leave the person receiving the statement with the affectation that i am speaking about something i quantitatively possess but do i in actuality and this is part of why to go full circle, language and a constant interrogation of language is so important too, right? Because I think that part of the problem with consciousness and part of why, I mean, on top of a whole other slew of reasons why, but I think part of the reason why people have come into a mode to treat consciousness as something that they quantitatively possess partially lies with the structures of language itself that we use to describe consciousness, you know. Similarly to my hearing, I don't think most people really think about it that much, sadly. But, you know, I think that when I interrogate the phrase my hearing, I think it's kind of silly, right? What is my hearing? I think that we should create structures of language that will guide us in more rational directions, you know? I don't think, I think we should be very careful about what kinds of traps we create with our very language because these absolutely guide our affectations. Just the idea that I possess a consciousness manifests from the structures of English language that led me to this affectation. This guided me, guides all of us into all these other directions. We don't even stop and interrogate. Well, why do I even feel this way? You know what I'm saying? Um, I feel like I've made a pretty strong argument here. One other thing I will say while I'm here. I mean, I have a lot of thoughts on this topic. But, you know, I figured I would come in here and do this. Partially because uh, I'm trying to, uh, you know, this is Phenomenology Club. I'm trying to get back into the phenomenology side of things. Been talking a lot about current events and 
group ethics and all this shit. We need to take it back to the phenomenological, okay? So one other thing I will say. I think it's interesting that Merriam-Webster provides uh, this definition also of consciousness as the state of being aware. This is very relevant, especially to Husserlian phenomenology, a.k.a. transcendental phenomenology. Husserl believed that, and Husserl is the founder of phenomenology for anybody not aware, Edmund Husserl, uh, he believed that the universal property of all conscious experience is intentionality in the sense that Perhaps he would agree with the definition we just put forward, that consciousness is the feeling of being conscious, the feeling of being aware. He believed that all consciousness is aware of something. And in that sense, the unifying property of all conscious experience is intentionality. You cannot be conscious. You must be conscious of something. What is it to be conscious without being conscious of something? Are you really conscious at all? So, of course, these discussions are uh, incredibly relevant to phenomenology. And I think they're also relevant to people who are super into the DMTLs and 528 kilohertz binaural beats and Alex Gray paintings and shit, too. Because I hear a lot of people talk about the singularity. Everything is the same thing. Everything's all connected. Uh, everything's conscious of everything else, blah, 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 this kind of a thing, you know? And when I think about it, I think that this direction that I'm pointing in for how we should talk about consciousness, I think that this relates very strongly to ideas of teleonomic properties of the universe and of evolution. If we define consciousness as the feeling of being conscious and we define a property of consciousness as this state of being aware of something or having some sort of a goal or direction which i would say is pretty appropriate you know couldn't such a concept be applied to a thing like physics or um to any of the natural sciences you know when we think about what this means, that perhaps consciousness is best defined as the quality of being conscious and it always has a direction, oh, this could, I think, feasibly, I'm not a natural scientist, but I think that this could be applied even on like the cellular or atomic level, you know? What is the process of reaction? Everything's always reacting to something else, right? And how is it reacting to something else if not through some sort of a reaching out and a contact of sorts being made, you know? What is a chemical reaction? How does that even happen, you know? Everything is reacting to everything else, right? But how is it even reacting to everything else? What underlies reaction? There has to be some sort of a direction where things can even come together, you know? It's all very poetic and hard to put into language, but we lack this language severely, and this is part of why, my brothers, my sisters, we are tasked with building a language where there is none! Nothing that we can come up with here is ever going to fall neatly into some sort of pre-existing schema of words. And this is part of the problem with us in general and with our refusal to take accountability for how it's our job to create truths, not to find them. Okay. Because 
we're always trying to find the right combination, the right schema, the right fucking equation of the words to put in the correct sequence, and all of a sudden, boom, like the fucking jackpot. God is going to ascend, descend, sorry, God. God is going to descend from the sky and say, wow, bitch, you fucking did it. Like, it's a puzzle. It's a puzzle of words. We just put them in the right combination and boom, the truth. No, bitch. The words don't exist yet. The language doesn't exist yet. We have so much difficulty with these concepts because we don't create the fucking language, okay? We need to create the language. Where there's no words, create them. You need more categories, create them. Think about it like a file system on your computer for all you nerds. I know a lot of you are nerds. How many times have you tried to come up with the perfect structure of organization for all the folders cluttering up your fucking desktop? Okay, I'll make three main folders. I'll make within each folder group a subgroup of folders with this, this, and this. I'll color code them this way. And you do the whole thing and then you're like, ah, no, this doesn't work because I can't reach this one easily. And this one could actually be under this one. I'm actually going to have two main folders and then three subgroups. Yada, 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 yada. You know what I'm saying? This is exactly how language functions. Language designates categories of things. And each thing is, in essence, a justification for its own existence in that it is unlike all the other things. You know, so each word is supposed to be designating something unlike other words enough that there is a justification for this word existing. We're always trying to cram all of these unlike ideas into the same idea, make it perfect, make it fit, especially when it comes to a concept like consciousness, you know, but we're going to need a whole lot of other fucking words. Okay. And, you know. I regret every day going to art school and not getting a neuroscience degree because if you look on PubMed, type in the word intentionality on PubMed and neuroscientists are creating a lot of this language and it's really fucking amazing. There are studies being done on intentionality and what structures of the brain are doing what when somebody is focused on an object, when someone is instructed to focus instead on another object when someone is instructed to try their best to focus on nothing all of these things are being interrogated by neuroscientists and they are creating a language a very hard to access language but you know this is all par for the course it's not a coincidence that the most monumental philosophers in western philosophy anyway have all pretty much been natural scientists as well you know this is another problem with philosophy, you know, there's so much overlap between philosophers and poetry majors, and philosophers and literature majors. You want to be a good philosopher, you better go get a natural science degree in something, whether it's physics, whether it's neuroscience, you know, it's very unlikely that you will be <laughs> some sort of amazing fucking uh, groundbreaking philosopher unless you also have a strong grasp of the natural sciences or at least one specific one, you know. So if you're thinking about studying philosophy and also studying literature or something, <laughs> just ditch that literature uh, and take some sort of natural science, you know, shit. Ugh, it's, it's frustrating. I've been trying to learn math more over here, especially reading Wittgenstein and Husserl. Keep running into logic symbology I'm not familiar with, trying to get more familiar with logic, all this shit. Um, fuck it. What are you going to do? Anyway, now I'm finally going to look at the chat because in keeping with my last upload too, I noticed that the more I look at the chat, the more I get sidetracked 
and go off topic. So now that I've made the meat of my argument, I will address the chat and see what you motherfuckers have to say. Ooh, you be talking in here. Love it. Let's see. What have you been talking about? Sam, you've been thinking a lot about this recently. Why is that, Sam? Abraham Lincoln. Yes, but thoughts don't require words. See, that's very interesting, Abraham Lincoln. And it's very interesting to people who are interested in phenomenology. I mean, you made this comment much earlier in the discussion. But this is definitely important, you know, because what do people mean a lot of the time when they say thoughts, you know? They're seemingly, a lot of them seem to be using this word thought to describe some sort of articulated statement made to yourself in your head internally, you know. I had a thought that I have to get more trash bags, you know. But I think that what you just said is absolutely true, or it could be, if we decide it is true, if we decide this is the best schema of words and it works for everybody and it's consistent with the rest of our uh linguistical schema then that could work you know but it, yes thought there are thoughts that are not articulated with words right but then what is a thought and can a thought be articulated with words if it transcends words and it's transcend the right word <laughs> if nothing is to even be transcended holy shit what a time to be alive Hannah, have you seen the documentary on Hulu about death called Into the Night? I have not. I'll check it out. Larry! Uh, I love you too, Crunch House Larry. How the fuck are you doing? Can I come visit? I'm gonna get in my car and come visit you with a face mask if you're still here. We need to jam. I need some human interaction. I'm coming over. I'll text you after this. I need to come over, please. I need human interaction. Uh, Jose Ortiz, can we use our words to make things? I've heard that's what the DMT elves are trying to do. <laughs> uh, been trying to home a bird into existence for like a week now? What are you talking about, Jose? Get off of binaural beats, YouTube. <laughs> can we use our words to make things? Of course, you can use your words to make a statement. I just did it. I'm doing it right now. I'm still doing it. Holy shit, I'm doing it. Holy shit, I can't not do it. Every time I use words, I make something. Isn't that amazing? I'm still doing it. Holy shit. Jif Cat, the singularity is terrifying. That's fucking right, it is. Scary. <laughs> uh, interesting. Mind Ranger has pulled up some old uh, definition of something. Edema uh, online consciousness from the year 1200? Or is that saying that's where the word originates? The 13th century? Faculty of knowing what is right. <laughs> Awareness that the acts for which one feels responsible do or do not conform to one's ideal of right. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's a coincidence that the word con conscious well y that's conscience is the word i mean i believe that the word conscious uh, is clearly related to uh, conscience what is the base word of this it's from latin uh from latin conscientia a joint knowledge of something a knowing of a thing together with another person okay conscientia mm. Mind Ranger also says collective sub subconscious is a stupid concept. 
I uh, I absolutely agree, Mind Ranger. I don't even like the term subconscious because I think it suffers from the same thing the term consciousness suffers from, which is that people just use it to mean all different types of things, and I have no idea what anyone is talking about when they start getting into conversations about the subconscious. Like, please define your terms first and foremost, you know. And this is part of why when you read so many philosophical texts, uh, philosophy a lot of it has a habit of doing this defining your terms from onset you know every time i use this word this is what i mean this is the definition a lot of texts open this way and it's necessary scientific texts as well you know you first give terms and definitions just to be clear that when you start getting into whatever bullshit about the subconscious and the dmt elves and whatever people know exactly what you're talking about Especially important for, you know, conversations such as this one. Um, shit. <laughs> no language. Erase it, please. Well, before I go, I've just read many of the comments. Um, um, Peachy Tiger, analog film seems to have made you a god in philosophy, though. <laughs> What do you mean by that? I imagine you're referencing uh, me saying I'm an expert in the dead art of analog film. <laughs> That's what my degree is good for. But someone just said, what did they say? Uh, shit. I wanted to say something. Hold on. I need to look back. Oh, Boris said, no language. Erase it, please. <laughs> this is relevant, too. And I'm glad that you brought this up, the concept of erasing language, because this is really relevant. This conversation we're having here today is really relevant, especially to all of the Terrence McKenna type ideas about why are humans so distinctly different from all the non-human animals. There's all of these theories, ancient aliens, the theories of the stoned ape, you know, which is that primates, our, our primate ancestors ate psychedelic mushrooms and because of the sort of behaviors that manifest from eating the psychedelic mushrooms, we began to form more empathetic relationships with each other and sex for pleasure and knowledge and thinking and transcendence and blah, 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 blah. And that all sounds so nice and cool, but... This starts with an incredible assumption, you know, because when you first sit and think, well, what is the most distinct difference between human animals and non-human animals? The most glaringly obvious one to everybody in the fucking room should be the fact that we have an incredibly complex spoken language. And without this incredibly complex spoken language we really resemble the non-human animals drastically more so. Some might say we're practically indistinguishable from them, right? I mean, like, hello? So if you're going to sit here and be like, well, what's the difference? It must be the quality of consciousness. It's like, you're going to have to tell me why language is not the first thing we should be discussing because it's incredibly obvious, you know? As soon as you get a complex spoken language, you are incredibly benefited, you know. For one, you can transfer information. Transfer, that's such a weird word to use, but shit, I'm using it. You can transfer information to other people. I don't know how many of you have seen the great film Quest for Fire. 
<laughs> hilarious movie about cavemen where a, a, a certain tribe gets fire. I forget how. I've only seen it once. By some sort of accident, maybe lightning struck a tree or something. And then all the other cavemen have to follow the... They have to, ca they have to capture the fire. <laughs> because they don't know how to make it, you know? And part of the reason they don't know how to make it... Actually, they do talk in that movie. Fuck. I don't know. Let's watch it soon again in the club. But, you know, part of the reason there's all these stories of cavemen following each other around for fires because, you know, if you can't write down, if you don't have a complex verbal language to communicate to others, this is how you create fire, then every new Neanderthal that is born will be, it'll be their best guess, you know, if they're ever even exposed to fire. You just have to hope that they get struck by lightning too or their tree gets struck by lightning and they figure out, oh, maybe fire cooks food or something, you know. Having to communicate all of this information that fire is good for cooking meat, you know, and fire keeps you warm and you can create fire by rubbing two sticks together. All this shit, this is only made possible by language, by complex communication such as the one we possess, you know. If other animals had a similar complex language, and some of them do communicate, you know, but if they all were speaking a similar language, had books, could write pictures down you know to communicate with each other i don't think that it would be crazy to think that any other species of animals would come to resemble us in a way you know so this idea that humans and animals are so inexplicably set apart from each other i'm sorry human animals and non-human animals are so strange and inexplicably set apart from each other and it must have to do with this idea that we possess some sort of advanced ephemeral consciousness like suck my dick guy we have to talk first about language that's all well and good like i said the definition of consciousness whatever yours may be maybe it's accurate but we can't just go with what you think because you think it we have to go with what is most easily identifiable and understood and interrogate all the obvious things before we jump to your fucking stoned ape ancient aliens bullshit do you understand it's not an affront to you but it kind of is because you're being an idiot so rein it in rein it in thank you <clears throat> peachy tiger talking about analog film <laughs> Yes, but you also referenced earlier many philosophers get degrees in natural sciences. You know, thanks. That makes me feel good. Because I think there is something to the idea that, yes, I did study analog film in a pretty uh, technical way, I guess you could call it. And I do think that that informed my philosophies, you know. Uh, I'm definitely always trying to get at the root of everything, you know. And this conversation... I hope reveals this mindset a bit and I hope you all agree with my general statements because I want people to agree you know I definitely am a contrarian in many ways but ultimately what I want is to create agreement where none exists and I don't see a lot of agreement existing on the what is consciousness problem and it's frustrating because I feel like the definition that I have just provided, proposed rather, because I'm asking you a question, I'm asking you all for your approval, I'm not just asserting what I think, and that's right, I will go wherever the group goes, because we must go together as a group. And to go together as a group, we need to agree. So even if we don't agree that it stops here, it's limited by this boundary here, the DMTLs aren't real, 528 kilohertz restructured water can turn you gay, 
doesn't matter. As long as we all can agree on something that we can use as a placeholder while we figure out all that other shit. And I think to find agreement, you must try your best to go to what is most fundamental. You need to strip stuff away rather than build it up, you know. The simplest, the vaguest definitions are usually the best. At least for concepts like this, you know. Anyway, I think I've said enough. I'm feeling stoic. I'm gonna go do telekinesis exercises with ESP cards. Channel it. Anyway, thank y'all for listening. Please suggest uh, topics in the comments or the channel things or whatever. Um, because I have a list and that's the list that I referenced today. Well, I decided on this topic because I'm trying to slide back into the phenomenological. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Also, please give me a thumbs up. Um, because I said so, and that would be really nice. I'm asking nicely, because I care about you and us as a group. And if we have likes, then we will have more spread. And isn't that great? <laughs> I hope you all have a great Sunday. Hope you're all staying safe. Hope you're all washing your hands. Mm. Peachy says you would love to see an episode about manifesting slash witchcraft. I don't know if you've seen the Against Spirituality video on this channel. It's kind of long, obnoxiously long, but I did talk about that a bit near the end. I basically approach, and this is the argument I made in that channel, on that, in that video, sorry. I basically feel like phenomenology is almost like a secular form of spiritualism. And that's a really bastardized way of condensing my ideas here. I don't really want to say it like that, but I do want to entice spiritualists, you know. I think that a lot of the things that spiritual schools of thought are referencing, the benefits of meditation, altered states, all of these things, I believe many of them are interesting and point to real life, quote unquote, phenomena. And there's no reason to burden these very interesting concepts with ideas of spirituality and all these bells and whistles, demons, rituals, all this stuff. There's no reason that we can't explore these ideas from a secular lens, you know, which I find phenomenology in many ways to be. If there's anything interesting there, I want to find it. And I feel like we would be limiting ourselves, really, if we go into it with all of these extra ideas, demons, rituals, witchcraft, blah, blah, blah. I used to be heavily into a lot of these things, by the way. And I talked about it in that video a bit. Perhaps that's part of what underlies my interest in phenomenology. Who Searle even believed that you could change the color of objects in your mind's eye. And I have experienced this, though it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> so I'm not sure how valid that experience was. But I've experienced uh, things like this. And I find it to be highly interesting. Or at least I think I have experienced things like this. This is what I'm going to say in the spirit of phenomenology. I don't know what I have experienced, but I know what I think I have experienced. And I can only describe what I think I have experienced. Anyway, one more appeal. Please give me a thumbs up. Please, please, please. And with that, I bid you well. Happy Sunday. Wash your fucking hands. You filthy fucking animals. See you later.